Welcome to the podcast Making the Startup with Patrick Zetzer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Making the Startup. Today with Istepaband Part 2 since I already had the pleasure of kicking off this podcast series together with her last week. In the first part, Esther and I were talking about the history of her fashion business up to today and her participation in Amazon's new designer casting show, Making the Cut, where 12 designers battle with their skills for the $1 million prize money. And they do that in front of a jury consisting of Heidi Klum, Naomi Campbell, Chiara Faragni, Nicole Ritchie and a lot of others who judge on who has the winning outfit of each episode and who is not making the cut and hence has to leave the show. So hello, welcome back again, Esther. Thanks for joining me here in the podcast. Hello, Patrick. Congratulations, Esther. You won episode one, two and eight and are now amongst the top three designers battling for the win, right? Yes. <laughs> so how was the ride so far? Still happy with your participation in the show? Yes, I am. I had a question lately uh, for an interview and they asked if I would ever do this show again. And I repeated, no, I wouldn't, but I have no regrets at all. Uh, it was a really great journey. I learned so much on a personal basis, but also or probably even more on a professional basis. So that means you're actually regretting to have participated in making the cut? Oh, no, not at all. I'm so happy about my decision. That was the best decision I could have done for me personally and also for my business, I guess. What was the positive things? Without the show, I mean, now I'm, I'm starting right away, but this is the reason why we talk about it. I w without the show, I would have never spent the last eight months just preparing myself for the launch um, on March 27th. So tell me rather, what was your favorite moment so far winning episode eight? Was that the best moment? Winning an episode or a challenge is always really fantastic because you are nervous. It's a, it's a big competition. All the other designers are really great designers also. So I think the first two episodes where I won, I was so surprised because I had so much um, problems. I was struggling. So then it was wow, like, yeah, so relieving and um, so wonderful to win. Um, winning on episode eight was, uh, was fantastic because this was the first moment when I was able to work like I usually work. Um, we were allowed to work with the seamstresses and then I can really pull off myself a, a great job. So working as a team is your, one of your strengths? I would have not said that before, but looking back at what happened during the show before and then on the eighth episode and, and when I see the feedback I get uh, towards um, or concerning my team working skills, apparently there is a skill and um, what's important for me is to really get all the people who work for me into the same boat and, and do it together. It's not it's not my thing. It's a it's a teamwork. And yeah. And when you step towards the judges, as you mentioned, you, know, you won three episodes now before you step to the judges or in the moment when you step towards the judges, do you have any clue, no matter whether you have a good feeling about your your design product or not, any clue of how the judges will react? It's always so hard to tell. Because it's also design is is also about personal taste somehow, even if the judges 
if they want to be really um, objective, but still there is always a personal style behind the decision. Well, I, I can just say that the moment I was standing there waiting for the judges to come in and to talk to us, I never, I never knew how the result would be. No. So it could have been that you got fired out and as well that you win? Yeah, that's why I was so scared to do this now. I mean, this is a bit a spoiler alert here for people who haven't seen the AIDS episode yet. But I had the idea to make a t-shirt for one of my three looks, which is saying top three. And I was really for one and a half days, I was wondering... And you were, you were four at those moments. Yeah, we moment, were still right? four, exactly. And it was the last challenge to decide who will be the, the, yeah, the top three in the finale. And... Um, I was not sure if I can dare or if it would be a good idea to put the top three slogan on a t-shirt and present it on the fashion show because there was a chance that I would be kicked out and then this would have been really embar embarrassing for me. And in general, is there anything you regret about your participation in the show? No, not at all. I mean, I said it in, the big, well, in our first uh, podcast that... It was a roller coaster before starting the show. I was not sure if it's good for me, for my brand, if the result will be really, yeah, good. So, but after, afterwards, yeah, no regrets. And I think it was, it was great because I'm, I'm just building up a complete uh, new market for me. At the end of the uh, first podcast, I announced that we'll rather focus in the in this second podcast a little bit more on Amazon, on making the cut itself on the show and on the interesting spin Amazon gave the show by offering purchasing options connected to the show. So mixing entertainment with commerce. Since making the cut is exclusive Amazon Prime content uh, and it's not interrupted through any commercials or ads or, or there's no other external sponsors, Part of the business model is, of course, to turn viewers into buyers. Amazon put a whole online store actually named Making the Cut within the Amazon Fashion Store and the option to purchase products there is announced within the show and, of course, immediately after the winner and the winning looks of each episode are nominated. Quite smart to intertwine entertainment with commerce so neatly since the desire of purchasing those clothes is never bigger than directly after the winner is announced. Good for Amazon, but good for the designers as well since those clothes are actually your invention, right? Yes. Yeah. Why is it? Well, yeah, but why is it good for you as well? I, I understand that it's good for Amazon. Is it good for the designers? Yes, because uh, the designers are getting stakes of the the profits from the sales. I know it's tricky since you probably cannot tell any things legally fixed between Amazon and yourselves or between Amazon and the designers in general. But maybe you can tell some things uh, that are public with respect to the design products, the legal or marketing framework you, you entered with them. Yeah, exactly. These are informations I cannot really talk about. So there was a deal of um, that there is a percentage th uh, the designer is getting once they win an episode. But there is something I can share. And this was um, published a couple of weeks ago when the, the corona crisis really hit us all. And then Amazon decided, Amazon and Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn, they decided to give the whole profit to the designers, which is really fantastic. And um, I think that was a, a great move to support young designers and to encourage them to continue doing their business. But that means the winning outfits are actually owned more or less by Amazon and they handle the whole sale, shipment, fulfillment, all that. 
Exactly. We did the designs during the show and we handed in a technical drawing with some details and the fabric choice, at least the one we did in, in the episodes or during filming. And then they translated it into a yeah, commercial production and um, yeah, in a price range which suits to the Amazon um, fashion store. That's probably where Amazon and as well the designers had to do the, the spread of, on the one hand, you're having designer clothes from designers that are rather upper price level. On the other hand, Amazon rather wants to, you know, sh share this um, fashion and designs uh, with the public. So you need to have something between, I don't know, 30 and $100 probably rather. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is something common. It's like the the the, the cooperation between H&M um, and Karl Lagerfeld, for example. This mm. is the same idea behind. So make it more available um, to a brighter range of customers. Was it good that Amazon actually did all the handling of those designing winning outfits? Let's say it was an interesting process to, to give everything out of your own hand because I used to work um, in a way that I have the control over the complete production and to just give in the idea and then see what the result is, is also good to know as a designer. It's, it's part of the business, I think. And could you as designers still sell other stuff? From the show or? Yes, we, we still um, owe the whole intellectual property of all the designs, except from the, the winning outfits. And uh, yeah, actually I, I did that. Um, there was such a big feedback to one of the dresses I did in episode four. So there was actually a request of the of my fans on Instagram that they all wanted to buy that dress. And then I said, okay, your desire is my command. And uh, within a couple of days, I did the pattern, I did the fitting, uh, bought the fabric and had it made in my production place. And yeah, I'm starting to ship it now. So that was one of the styles you designed within the show, but it didn't win. So you could have the right, right or yeah. do have the right exactly. to produce it. And did it sell at the end? Yeah, really well. And did the winning outfits sell actually? Yeah, the winning outfits, I mean, no matter who, which designer, they are always sold out uh, within one day, I think. Well, that's probably because of the reach and audience uh, Amazon can it's crazy. Does have with yeah, Prime. It's so big. Understand that uh, Amazon is leaving all the profit from the winning outfits to the designers. Cool from them. Although on a bigger view, they leave the, the money of the winning outfits to the designers. But in comparison to the whole production cost, it gives me the impression that Amazon focuses more on, the, uh, on keeping customers and getting new customers for Amazon Prime than actually making money from the, from the e-commerce part of the show. Uh, how do you see that actually? It seems to be, I mean, this is our future, the whole digital world and, and selling digital. I mean, I had to learn this. This is also, by the way, one reason why I participated, because I really wanted to learn from the best. And um, probably Amazon just experiments with that um, new business model. And yeah, and by experimenting, they probably will be one of the first the leaders in the future. I think they're taking really cool steps in, in a different angle then you're not entertaining a customer once and you're not selling to a customer once but rather combining the two and rather have a focus on the customer what we actually learned from apple if you transfer that to to amazon or what amazon is doing is they have a customer and whatever service or product need in the future he has or entertainment need even 
Amazon is on, on, it, on the road to, to serve it. So at the moment, they're entertaining customers in Amazon Prime. They're selling in, the, in Amazon generally with Amazon Fashion. They're selling fashion. But who knows? Maybe they have 20 other uh, industries in the future where they sell articles or services in connection with some video footage, whatever it might be. And if you mm -hmm. combine that and take the first steps at the moment, I think it's, it's a step into the future of commerce. Yeah. So to dig a little deeper here, I can share my first analysis I did after Esther told me she would participate in making the cut. I did some rough numbers because they have a, a Amazon Prime subscriber base that is huge, which is uh, 2019. It was 150 million end of 2019. They are growing at around 25 million new customers a year with the Corona year and everybody sitting in their homes in front of the TV. I guess that number will even be higher. So I'm calculating around about 200 million at the end of 2020. But I did calculate 150 million uh, when we talked about that first uh, time half a year ago. Then I googled a little bit and saw leaked data that in the web that showed that 40% of those 150 million are uh, watching videos. So from the Amazon Prime to Amazon Prime video watchers is about 40%. Half of them are in the US. And I took another 80% off for, for Prime video viewers who are not interested in series, in casting shows or design matters or fashion matters and still came to a number roughly of 10 million potential viewers. What an incredible number. So if I ask the question to you, is that an interesting uh, project? I can only say in that moment, I knew it was interesting because the, the viewer base or, or user base is just so huge. What I did then is um, an educated guess of 15% of those 10 million who probably Google your, Google your name or Google your brand or probably get through PR to your site. And depending on the conversion rate and the basket size of your shop, it was quickly in the seven digit US dollar numbers. And I thought this project is hot. <laughs> it would all actually depend on whether Esther would stay in the show for longer or if she would be sent away after the first episode. That she couldn't tell me, so I didn't know. And that was my gamble. And I really like that kind of gamble, to be <laughs> honest. I thought there's a, a big chance for the traffic if she stays in and then your online store would probably explode. That was what I thought half a year ago. Besides all branding effects, of course, that are taking place at the moment and sales in the stationery store in Berlin, of course, that are taking place and future corporations that might open up through the show. So I thought it's, it's a win-win. So we made a big plan of things to do to be prepared in the last months for the Amazon wave coming over your business, right? What was in your task list for the last six months before the launch of the Making the Cut show? Wow, that was so much. I had the feeling we just don't know where to start. It started with the product range and I knew um, this is one thing I learned also in the episodes and during all the, the sessions with the judges that I also need to have products which are more accessible and uh, especially for selling online. So I was really working on the product range concerning t-shirts, um, accessories, jewelry. Uh, so this was one big thing. Then do you think design like more expensive design wardrobe doesn't sell online? That was what I was thinking or that was my experience from before. I don't think it's a general thing, but if it's my style, then it definitely is because sometimes it's it needs explanations. I have the experience then 
if a customer has already one, two, three, four, five pieces of Estocaband in his or her wardrobe, then it's more easy you can buy my things online. But if it's the first contact you have online, I thought it's difficult. But the present shows the, the contrary, actually. Yeah, but that develops probably during the show as well. I guess your designer clothes weren't sold that much in the first week, but rather now in the eighth week of the show, right? Yeah, I mean, it's growing, but it's not that in the beginning they only bought t-shirts shirts and now they buy the more complicated or more expensive pieces. So I was surprised that there was right away a huge request also for the more expensive pieces. Okay, so you're focused on the accessible fashion, right? Yeah. What details did you then produce or focus on? I had in the past a few t-shirts and I, I, and I just implemented Uh, a big range of t-shirts I actually decided to devote every episode I would um, stay in the show one t-shirt that was a lot of work yeah because I had to write a diary at first place to remember what happened in each episode and then I came up with one slogan one statement uh, for each episode and this was translated by an artist Jaybo into an artwork And so I'm, I'm dropping now, I have like regular drops of t-shirts of commercial or accessible um, products yeah, twice a week now. Can you give us some examples of the t-shirts? Um, If they're connected to the episode, maybe you have a story from the episode that connects to a t-shirt? Yeah, so the first episode, of course, was um, about showing the judges the DNA of our brand, like a DNA snapshot, how they called it. And as my brand is 99% black, Uh, the slogan for the first t-shirt of episode one was black is colorful, which is the slogan of my brand. And then the second um, episode was about haute couture. And I was really, I took all my courage together and, and did something I never did before and bought 20 meters of tulle and sequences and did a really big haute couture dress. So, but I needed to have a lot of courage for that. And so I called, um, Or I, I named this episode Haute Courage, so like really having a high, a high amount of courage. One interesting learning from the show of episode seven I took with me was uh, when the designers were asked to take their, their hats off or their caps. Can you remember what, was, what moment was that and why they should take the hat off? Yeah, that was the moment they were announcing the new challenge for the new episode and we were having a, a great uh, traditional Japanese tea ceremony in a fantastic beautiful surrounding and as it's a very traditional place connected to the history of Japan you are not allowed to wear something on your head so um, I don't know why I was actually aware of this very special moment so I asked if I should take off my cap which I usually don't do nobody sees me without my cap and people are wondering about what's going on what's under that cap so um, they then, said yes and, and, and I then took everyone it off. everyone took his his head off and that was a, a nice coincidence because of what happens of course is that the cameras focus on designers taking the heads off so the cameras focus on the heads of the designers people google for the heads of the designers and what we saw at least in your store in the 
statistics afterwards that Issa's cap on that day when the episode launched were buying your hats or your cap. I, I didn't see it. It's so fantastic to have someone who just analyzes everything what's <laughs> happening in the episode and just sees right away like, oh, you can see there's a connection right away. It's fantastic. Yeah, on that day, it was one of the top two selling products, actually. Okay. And there do you see what interesting way Amazon goes down the road intertwining video uh, with, with commerce because that was probably not planned by anyone. Mm -hmm. not, yeah. not by the designers. It was just a, a nice coincidence. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see how different commerce works then. Okay, so that was a nice episode about the hats and in general about how you prepared with your assortment, with your products. What other things did you do? Logistics, payments, SEO, search engine optimization. Tell us about some things you worked on. There were a lot of uh, big issues and problems. Actually, the, the first big thing I remembered you said right away was like, so you have at the moment one website which is full of content and then you have a second website which is your online store that doesn't work that is too complicated for customers for the journey like the buying or a customer journey um, this needs to melt into one uh, online or yeah one online presence let's say and which combines the content and the the shop function that's true i already forgot about that it's yeah. half a year ago but it's true yeah yeah it and doesn't not only work for for the customer like this the same works for for google of course for the search engines they want to see one presence and not uh, three or four different and combine those virtually yeah so this was the f one of the first things we were working on so creating a complete new website with an integrated web shop and the same issue i had with instagram i had two accounts on instagram because i always said well this is this is not there are two estopabans there is the brand estopaban but there is also the the personality as superband and for me i always wanted to separate it or and post different things and um you were not the first person to tell me that i should also meld these two accounts but i was like no 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 i don't want um well you convinced me i don't know with what but um in the end you convinced me and uh yeah experiencing it now uh, proves that it was a perfect decision because I have now this one account which is both and this is why it speaks to so many people and I see it uh, like how the, the following uh, follower numbers are rising incredibly to use a, a, a marketing name it became really a love brand people can connect with how could you uh, deal with the logistics and, and and payment and all the fulfillment beforehand and how did you prepare for the wave of amazon i had the online store for around about a year or one and a half years before but i i never touched the subject um seo never so i had the store but apparently it was just a store for people who know already about me but not it would not reach someone who never heard my name those people would have never landed on my on my page yeah it was so difficult for me to envision before what would really happen would i get 10 orders per day would i get 100 orders per day and we just yeah discussed all the options and and had maybe three different scenarios. We were talking of uh, outsourcing things, logistics, and um, yeah. But we decided for now to 
to keep everything in-house and if it would reach an amount that I cannot handle it myself. We had a deal, we still have the deal with one of my suppliers who would be able to take over a big amount of the shipping. So since a lot of uh, small companies and you in the beginning as well struggle how you prioritize all the, the millions of tasks that are coming towards you, how did you actually manage? Very good question. By working 16 hours per day since weeks and months and yeah i am originally a creative person and i'm i'm really freaking out if i see excel sheets that stresses me so much i'm not a number person but i have my brand since 16 years and i had to become somehow a businesswoman but really participating in that show working together with you made me yeah learn so much and and really improve my my business skills also and I mean in such a moment you just need to be really structured and and do one thing after another. That was an interesting touch from the show because the other shows beforehand with Heidi Klum, Project Runway and, and, and similar rather focused on the on the design or on the creative part and here they really focus on their entrepreneur. I think that gave it a, a good twist and of course shows different candidates than, than just designers. So that was interesting. From your view, what are the biggest problems in calculating the size of the storm that was coming towards you in form of customers, checkouts, parcels, returns and all that? as we couldn't really plan what would come. I mean, you were playing around with some scenarios. You tried to compare it with with experiences from Shark Tank. But in the end, we, we didn't know what figures to calculate with and how much products I need to produce beforehand. How much T-shirts should I buy? How, how many pieces of the jewelry? And yeah, I was just really afraid of taking the wrong decisions. And on the other hand, I struggle with that as well. Even though, I mean, I, I did your calculation drilling it down to how many probably will watch the show and be on your side. It's so difficult to anticipate since Amazon does everything to hide those numbers. And of course, no one really knows from experience or shares those numbers, uh, how many really at the end buy or, or, or visit your store. I even talked to someone whom I know who, who was one of the brands presenting together with Rihanna in the Savage Fenty show together with Amazon as well. Quite similar, I would guess. Though on the other hand, he told me that they have so much traffic in general that they couldn't really calculate how much traffic was coming from the from the show. And it's of course different. Another brand who was Uh, revenue in the billions couldn't measure the traffic of this uh, Savage Fenty show because it's too small compared to the rest of the marketing budget they do here. It was different, but still no one could tell us before, will it be a million customers coming on the first day or will it be thousands? We didn't know. How is the traffic now and what's the effect of the show on your online store? Yeah, I mean, we are not yet at the end, um, but... I can tell that the traffic is, I don't know, a hundred times more than I had before and I'm really, really happy. And that comes through search engine optimization or through press or through the making the cut store or where does it come from? It's a combination of all. Uh, well, maybe leave out the press because in this moment I don't really need so much press because the press or the attention comes through the show. I think it has a lot, lot to do with search engine optimization, the right products, the right quality and the 
yeah the right connection link to the to the customers and social media social media definitely yeah we're focusing on that more facebook and social media and instagram on the third part of the podcast in general are you afraid that as soon as the show ends that your traffic will come down again or that's the big difference between classic television and streaming so the show is not over many people have just seen the first two episodes now and they you know they catch up with the time and some people uh, tune in maybe in two or three weeks time only and so there will still be a lot of traffic that's a big difference to tv we do have to make a break here again so this was the second of three parts together with esther next and last episode about making the cut we will be talking about the final episode the winner and the winning outfits and the outcome of the investment of the one million dollar prize money as well we'll have a look at social media as i just said about uh, instagram and facebook preparation for esther perband and its effects on the online sales of hers all that in connection with the judges including chiara faragni who already claims 20 million followers on instagram and of course some overall numbers and whether the whole show was a success for esther if you subscribe to the podcast now you'll receive the information directly when the third part is ready thanks esther again for being here thank you again, bye bye